what is up everybody welcome back another edition of judd's buds episode whatever it is i think it's 11 i could be wrong don't know don't care um as always i'm your host spoke z follow me on twitter at uh well spoke z um i gotta tell you this should be an interesting episode for a few reasons uh one i got the wild game going right above my head right now uh kind of a shit show of a game for three after two periods uh hopefully erickson x alive that'd be nice kaprizov ripping it up talbot with a weird one uh grand larceny but yeah so i'll be distracted for the third period so sorry in advance not really i don't care um and then should also be interesting because around two or three today at work, I realized that um, I don't think I slept last night, as in like literally zero minutes, I think. Um, I know I've been up since at least two, and then I kind of realized that even then, like, uh, I'm pretty sure I was just laying there for like the two hours before that. So there's a good chance I'm on about zero minutes uh, of sleep over the past two days. So that'll make it interesting. Battling neck still hurts. And then it's also gonna be weird because we have um, not a lot to talk about, but at the same time, a ton to talk about. And in my head, that makes sense. Um, And if it doesn't to you, then I don't care because I do what I want here. Um, So that being said, before we actually get started, it's a big week, right? Christmas, fun week. Everyone likes that holiday. Everyone's in a good mood. I guess, uh, well, unless you hate your family, then um, I would imagine that's it's probably probably pretty terrible. Yeah. Um, That's got to suck. Anyways, but uh, yeah, so anyone got any good plans? I'm just here talking to myself. I don't even know why I'm asking once again, but if if you're doing any cool shit, I don't know, tweet at me or message me or don't. I don't care. Just saying. Um, Okay, let's let's just start doing this. Uh, So what a time to be alive. Uh, Everything good and fun is canceled. COVID uh, is so back. Um, back like it never left, probably because it like didn't. Um, in case you missed it, half the league has it or has had it. Every team's missing games. Um, and about two or three minutes into this Wild Stars game, the NHL announces that they will be pausing the season for a couple days. So until Christmas or after Christmas, which is bananas because they had all day to do this and they're still having this game go on um they just had to wait until it started (laughs) unbelievable um but uh, you know it's interesting because the it's interesting because apparently they've made it abundantly clear the one game that they are absolutely refusing to cancel is the winter classic so you would think that the first two teams that they're going to shut down and make sure that there's no way that the entire team gets sick uh, you'd think it would do that for the Blues and the Wild, but nope, we're playing tonight. 
Um, I mean, I'm not going to complain that we have hockey to watch tonight, but just an interesting little thing the NHL does. They're fun. Um, and then other, you know, somewhat, I guess, kind of big news is there's no Olympics going on. Um, I don't know if that formal announcement's been made or whatever, but the NHL ain't going to be there, so that sucks. It sucks for Billy G. Obviously, he was going to be the general manager of Team USA. Um, Well-deserved, but, you know, it is what it is, I guess. But, uh, yeah, that sucks for Billy. I know he was excited. Um, I mean, he's been doing a hell of a job everywhere he goes since he's, I mean, even when he was playing. But, um, yeah, it's going to suck that we don't get to see the NHL guys there. But it could be a very funny group of players that go over there. So we'll see what happens with the Olympics, I guess. Um, let's just talk about the wild real quick. First thing I want to say is that fucking Rem Pitlick uh, answer when they asked him about being healthy scratch and if he was frustrated was outrageous. First of all, he might he might have been on something. He was talking so fast, faster than I was last episode. Um, and then he started talking about how you know there's just different viewpoints on life, and that's what makes life cool and shit. So that rocked. That's why we love him. He's the most outrageous human being alive. Um, he looks okay tonight. He's back in the lineup. Looks okay. Uh, drew one penalty. I don't know what Robertson was doing. Um, that was interesting. And the line of him with Rask and Sturm is very funny. That's just a very funny combination. Um, so that's a thing. So obviously right now the Wild are down 4-3. They've lost the last three games. Um, but you know what, though? It's good because – well, not good, but it's interesting that for the first time, I don't know, ever, um, yeah, sure, they've lost three games in a row for the first time since Dean Evans took over and all that shit. But for like the first time ever, it's not like, aha, here, now, there they are. There's the wild that we all know and love. You know, it was all too good to be true. I don't really feel like that. I'll be honest with you. It's just like, yeah, they're hitting the slump. Uh, but I don't feel like it's an indictment on who they really are. It's not one of those. They are who I, who we thought they were kind of vibes you know so i think they're fine i think they have a really good team still um every team goes through this shit not having spurgeon hurts obviously they didn't have brodeen for a little bit that really hurts you uh and i think they're fine so we'll see what happens this third period it could be a complete shit show um i kind of hope it is because that'd be funny um i can't believe that talbot the, the one save that talbot made was that Pavelski one on the doorstep? That was ridiculous. Um, but other than that, really, honestly, like not really a whole lot to talk about with the Minnesota Wild, aside from, you know, I don't know, these two games that have happened since our last chat. Um, and then after this, they're all going to shut it down until the 26th or 27th, whatever. And the uh, Winter Classic should be sick. I cannot wait. Um, I still haven't decided how I feel about their jerseys, by the way. I can't tell if I love them, hate them. It's definitely not anywhere in between. I don't think you can be in between on those jerseys, dude. I don't know what to think. Um, But, yeah, I can't wait for the Winter Classic. It's going to be awesome. I cannot wait. Like, Minnesota is the epitome of what, like, when you think about what the Winter Classic is, like playing outdoor hockey – 
in a hockey crazed market like that is minnesota so i think it just makes so much sense for them to finally have this thing um and i can't wait to see it i hope they kick the shit out of the blues i hope felino fights bennington and beats the wheels off him that would rock pretty hard um yeah okay that's enough minnesota i think um real quick let's talk about isla they're back they Played two games this week. Now they're shut down for the weekend because of COVID. Shout out COVID. So back. Um, but so they midweek they lose their eighth in a row. Uh, it was not a very good game. They kept just shooting themselves in the foot over and over again, which is what they've been doing for about a good month now. Um, you know, I actually think Adam Beckman's been a lot better the last couple games, so that's been good to see. He had two assists uh, the other night. Uh, which they won. They came back and they win. 4-1. They snapped the eight-game losing streak. Addison gets his first two goals of the year. They're both nasty. The first one, he goes ISO on the power play, just picks it up at his own blue line and says, you know what? I got this. I'm going myself. And he carries it through the entire Manitoba penalty kill, backhand cheese. Then later in the second period, he just gets the puck from Beckman. And goes, hey, you know, I think it's time for me to rip a clap bomb. And he does. And holy shit, he tattooed that fucking post. It was awesome. Um, That being said, it was kind of a weird game from him. Like, offensively, I thought he was awesome. But, I mean, just a couple bonehead defensive plays. Um, I can't remember if it was the – I think it was the first goal that they – oh, they only gave up one goal. Idiot. There goes the no-sleep thing. Um. But yeah, the one goal Manitoba scored, they go up one nothing, and it is just—I don't know what Addison and I forget who else it was. Who was it? But they just let the kid walk in, like later, just like watched him. And they're like, "Go ahead, bud," and he just goes in and scores all alone. And it was actually a nasty move, but but it's—I don't know. Addison's been uh, five three. Okay, great. Um. Yeah, Addison's been a weird one this year. Like I said, every fucking week. Um, he's just been so much better in the NHL than he has been in the AHL. I don't know what it is. I mean, at the same time, Iowa's just in complete shambles with injuries, uh, COVID, call-ups. Um, they haven't really had a full team in God knows how long. So, I mean, that's definitely going to play, play into it. Um, but he just looks so much more dangerous, so much more engaged in the NHL. I think his defending has been better in the NHL. So it's just an interesting kind of season for the kid. But I mean, he's still Kalen Addison. He's still that good. Um, and he's still right up there probably as your best defensive prospect at the moment. Uh, but yeah, like I said, they did get off the snide. They snapped that eight-game losing streak. I think Adam Beckman's been really good last two, three, maybe even four games. Um, he was all over the place the other night. Two assists, both on the power play. Um, and he's just been hes been on the PK, too. He's been throwing hits. He just looks more engaged. And I think it was a little bit of a wake-up call. The game in the middle of the week is on the fourth line. And then in the game the other night that they won, he's on a third line. This is how injured Iowa is. Adam Beckman is on the third line, left wing. His center is Nate Soucy's. 
and his right wing is Cody McLeod. So that's where they were at. Oh, and it is 6-3. This is a disaster. What a terrible performance this is. Uh, but Beckman was just an animal. And I'll tell you what, that power play the other night, that first unit without Boldy still, that was the power play that I've been waiting for. They were snapping it around. Marco Rossi is insane. The kid's incredible. Um, the puck, he just... His hockey IQ is so off the charts, and it kind of, like... Yes, you see it when he's making those plays. He's making smart passes. He's finding seams, all this and that. But part of that is he's just on the puck all the time when he's on the ice. And that's just being in the right spot, knowing where the puck's going to go before it goes there. Um, and he just finds those those uh, those pucks, and he makes the passes. He's been shooting, which I love. His shot is actually a lot sneakier and a lot better than I remembered it. Um so he's just remained a stud in Iowa, and I fucking love the way he plays. He's a little chip on his shoulder. When he just gets angry and starts, like, hacking guys, I think it's so funny. Even when he gets caught and it's a bad penalty, ends up in the box, it still rocks. Um, so, yeah, there you go. Iowa's back. Uh, Kyle Rao was injured, so out of nowhere right before the game, last minute. So now they're up to these injuries, and I don't even – I know I don't have them all because I haven't slept in eight days, and – uh I know this isn't it, but Boldy, Dewar, Chafee, Rao, Hammond, and I am about. I think Mermis was hurt. <laughs> I think like half the team's still injured. So, um, Hovind, they didn't play Hovindov. I don't know. Whatever. I don't know what to think of the kid anymore. Um, he was at least trying and looked pretty good when he was in. Uh, his skating is just. I just. The fact that he's gotten this far being this bad of a skater and like really not fast at all and seemingly pretty out of shape uh, tells you how good he really is. Um, Cause offensively he's a menace and he's another kid that plays angry. And when he wants to finish a hit, he's going to finish the hit. And when he wants to snap and just start beating the wheels off, he's going to do it. But I don't know. It's like right now it's just, he can't, always keep up with the play but when he does the puck naturally finds his stick and he is just rifling passes or just ripping shots um but i mean it's kind of hard to get your way into the lineup you can't really play more than 10 minutes so i wonder if that's kind of where they're at with him and i don't i don't know like his if he was out of shape when he got here after the visa issues that he had uh he hasn't really gotten any better shape from what i've seen um, so, I mean, I don't know what to think anymore. We'll see what happens with him. I have no idea what they want to do. I think he's another year on that deal. Let's, I mean, who knows? Maybe he's a piece they look to move considering how much center depth they do have in the prospect pool now. Um, but I mean, I, I think you might be dealing him at a pretty low, low value. So I don't really know. I have no idea what to think of this kid and what, what's going to happen with him. Cause I want so bad for him to be good, but he just refuses to like be in good shape. I don't know. I have no idea. So do your thing, Hovey. Either way, you're hilarious. So I still love you. So other news. Uh, oh, actually, sorry. Before I move on from Iowa, oh, Dino just told her I have to go fuck himself. Um, I guess somewhat good news on the Boldy front. Um, 
it sounds like, according to Billy Garen, when he was talking to Russo the other day, that this injury isn't as bad as the first one. So that one kept him out for six weeks. So in theory, he should be back soon. I don't know if he's skating. I don't know anything. It's impossible to get information out of there uh, unless they're like telling Russo. Um, but it sounds like the injury is not as bad as that first one. So that's good news, I guess. Uh, or at least not as bad. So we talked Iowa. We talked many. Now I got to. We got to talk about me being an idiot and why people should never listen to me. Um, <laughs> I, you know, okay. So Philip Johansson and Murat Husnadinov, they both resign in Europe for two years. Whatever, man. You know what? Husnadinov said he was coming over. I don't know. The fact that both of those sightings happened like an hour apart, and I'm just sitting there like, oh, God, I've been talking about for like three weeks how, you know, Phillip's going to come over probably maybe if the, you know, reports were true that the Wild were interested in signing him and bringing him over after this year because it's been his best year in Frolunda or with Frolunda, sorry. Uh, and uh, whoops. And then he just goes and resigns. And I've been talking all year about who's a Dinoff. He's no doubt he's coming over. He said so. So I don't think that one's my fault. I definitely got a little overexcited about the Johansson one. So I'll eat that. Whatever. Blow me. Um, That was inappropriate. Sorry. Now. So here's the thing with the Johansson one. So as Russo said, that doesn't mean Minnesota can't, if they want to still try to sign him uh, by June 1st. That's totally up to them, and he could choose to sign, and then he could come over still. Now, if they don't want to, or, you know, Philip decides he doesn't want to come over, uh, then you're going to get that compensatory second-round pick, 56 overall in this year's draft. And I'll be honest with you, all things being equal, I absolutely take that pick, depending on what the stipulations really are. I think it's... It might be like you have to offer them the deal and then uh, he says no. That might be it. Um, but I am more than comfortable just throwing that pick to Judd Brackett and be like, yeah, do your thing. And like I said on Twitter that day, um, then I'm just going to go get a bunch of – it's just a pile of money and light it on fire because whoever Judd Brackett gets at 56 with a free second-round pick is probably going to end up in the Hall of Fame. So it's a deep draft. There are a lot of guys I think they're going to fall into the second and third round that are first-round level talents. So I'm more than comfortable just giving Judd Brackett the 56th overall pick for free um, and letting him cook. Now, the who's the Dinoff thing, I am torn because I do hate that he's not going to be here next year. On the other hand, there are a few things in this game he's going to need to work out. I've talked to before about how he's... He can. He's got a really good ability to be a playmaker. Um, he's a really good passer. He's a really good skater. Love when the puck's on his stick. That being said, he does find himself probably a little bit too much on the periphery, and part of that, he's just a tiny little fella. Um, and, you know, that's... It is one area that, if he wants to be a truly dynamic playmaking center or wing, whatever he's going to be when he comes over, he does need to 
get a little bit more dangerous in the offensive zone in terms of getting inside, not just wheeling and dealing from the perimeter and sending hopeful passes in or whatever. Um, you know, I do want to see him a little bit more in the middle of the ice in the offensive zone um, on the puck, probably a little bit more. I mean, listen, now part of that too is he just doesn't get dick for ice time over there. Now, of course, that he's re-signed, I am sure that that will change. Even with all these stupid-ass signings that Scott keeps making. Um, but now that he's like, okay, I'll come back for two years, I wonder if mysteriously after the World Juniors he returns to Scott and he gets more ice time. Wouldn't be shocked. Now, the other reason it's not too much of a problem is when he's done on that contract, he will still only be 21 years old. He was an extremely young kid uh, at that 2020 draft, right? Yeah, 2020 draft. Um, so, you know, he's a young player. He's only going to be 21. It's not a Caprizo situation where he's just going to be, well, I should not say that. I should knock on wood right now. I did. Uh, you know, Caprizo was just like, eh, I'm going to keep making so much fucking money in Russia just doing my thing. Putin's credit card, all this and that. Um, you know, I don't see that happening because I do think his ultimate goal, no doubt, is to come over here soon. Um, otherwise, he probably would have signed like a four-year deal, like Matvey Mitchkov, the kid who will be at the World Juniors with Russia this this uh, upcoming week. You know, he's 2023 draft eligible. Uh, he's going to be the first, second, maybe third overall pick that year. And he signed through like 2025. So, you know, the teams are maybe even longer, but teams are going to have to weigh that. If you're going to take him first overall, you can't even have a shot to get him over here until, you know, like two or three years after the draft. So I don't see that kind of a situation happening uh, with who's Nadinov. Um, but hey, listen, at the end of the day, he's when he's given ice time and right, right now as a 19 year old in the KHL, um, he more than fits in when he's given good minutes and good shifts, like in the offensive zone and not just killing penalties and playing defense. Uh, you know, he, he produces. So I think you give him two years in the KHL to continue to produce and play in a hard league and, you know, work out those parts of his game offensively, then I think that can only be a good thing. And again, with the Wild and their contract situations and the cap, all this and that, now you don't really have to worry about forcing him in the lineup um, like immediately and needing him to hit. Like you might need a Boldy and a Rossi to hit, which they will because they're filthy. Um, so all that being said, you know, don't listen to a single word I say ever because I'm an idiot. Uh, clearly, as both of them re-signed within like 12 minutes in Europe, weeks and weeks after, I was like, yeah, they're coming over next year probably. So just don't listen to a single word I say. That's the moral of the story. Um, before we move on, I, it's going to be – it's not even really – this is actually going to be a short episode because the roundup isn't – like there's not really a whole lot of hockey going on right now because most of those kids, like half the prospects are at World Juniors or they're in college, and right now college is on their Christmas break. So um, really it's just a couple of the European guys and then three or four of the kids in Canadian juniors have been playing. Um, but before we go, like, we'll talk about the World Juniors in a second, and then we'll do the roundup. I'll answer like three questions I have. We'll get out of here. Before I do that, let's pay some bills. 
talk about draft kings. This is very funny timing because the league literally just shut down. But hey, hockey fans, Draft Kings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has a no-brainer offer that'll make you a winner once any shot gets past the goalie. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores. The NHL got rid of ties in 2005, so you know someone is going to light the lamp. If Sportsbook is not available in your state yet, don't you worry. Ain't going to leave you hanging. Everybody can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use promo code THPN, throw down $1 on any NHL game, and win 100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. That's promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Whew. Nailed it. Keep the change. Um, all right. So real quick, let's talk real juniors. So last time or last week, uh, Canada announced their roster mid podcast and Damon Hunt died. Um, not really. He just blocked a shot and then he like broke his hand. So he was out. He had certainly made the team before that. So that sucks. Poor kid. Uh, like we said last week, Lambos and O'Rourke made it. I think you'll see a lot of O'Rourke doing the things that he's really good at and what make him such a good prospect for Minnesota. I think he's going to play a hard game. He's going to be leaned on heavily on the defensive side of the puck. And when you see him as Canada, you know, whatever, wins possession, has takeaways in their defensive zone, he's going to get that puck and he's going to make a... Maybe like boring is isn't the right word, but kind of like he's just gonna make the right play. So he can move the puck up the ice. He's good in transition, just in terms of controlled breakouts, zone exits. He'll do that for you. Um, you know, I don't think he's gonna be lighting up the score sheet, but he's going to be a big piece for them defensively, and he will absolutely facilitate the offense with those exits. Um you know, good first pass. Just a smart, calm, cool, collected uh, player. And he's going to be one of their better defenders. So I think you'll see a lot of him playing those hard minutes, killing penalties, um, hammering guys most likely, cross-checking in front of the net. Can't wait to see what he brings. I think Carson Lambos isn't going to get a ton of minutes. I mean, he'll they'll use him a good amount, but... They're, oh, my God, they pulled the goalie with 10 minutes left. That rocks. I love that from Evison. Um, but, yeah, no, I think you'll see – I don't think you, I don't think you're going to see Lambos get a ton of uh, power play time. I think, you know, Owen Powers obviously on that first unit, and then a kid like Owen Zellweger is probably going to be a, that quarterback on the power play on the second unit. So I think you'll see Lambos used a little bit everywhere, but maybe not leaned on as heavily, and that's not like – an indictment on him that's just he's an 18 year old kid um on an absolutely stacked canada team um but i think he'll um you know i think he'll play well i think he'll get a couple good looks you know i think uh, i forget there's one team 
in their group that is just horrible. <laughs> so maybe that game he gets like 25 minutes and he ends up with like four points. Um, but either way, really excited for the World Juniors. Excited to see what those kids can do. I think they're going to be really good for Canada. That Canada team is insane. Owen Power might, I mean, he might just destroy this tournament. He's so goddamn good. It's scary. Um, and then we didn't talk about this last time because I don't even know if he had been invited yet, but Jack Pert, he gets a call out of nowhere and he makes his way to Red Deer and he just makes, or wherever their camp was, I don't even fucking know. Um, he makes the team. Sean Barons goes down and they call up Jack Pert and he apparently impressed and he makes the team. Um, I love Jack Pert. I think, uh, you know, it's hard to say he's a steal in the second round, uh, but he's just such a solid player. He does a lot of things really well. Um, you know, maybe not kind of one of those jack of all trades, master of none types, maybe. Um, but I think he's a really fluid skater. I love watching him move the puck. Um, he's, I mean, he's not really going to depend on a big shot or anything, but he's kind of just a reliable, smooth puck moving D. So I'm really excited to see him. I bet I wouldn't be surprised to see him, see him paired with like that Kaiser kid from Chicago or whatever the draft king, draft Kings, <laughs> the Blackhawks draft pick, uh, just to kind of be reliable couple puck movers. Um, yeah, I think he's going to be good for them. I think uh, he'll be probably on that second or third pair, and I think he'll be solid. I think, you know what, he? I said this before, he had somewhat of a rough start to his college career, um, but his last three games that I've seen from him, he's been a stud. I mean, he had those four points that weekend against North Dakota, including a three primary assist game when they beat the fucking wheels off. They scored eight. Um, So I'm kind of wondering if maybe... You know, that started, that kicked him into gear a little bit. Now he goes to the Royal Juniors and he continues and he finishes this year strong. So excited to see what he can do for a team. Oh my God, they have the post. Uh, USA really had like, that's crazy that he literally had like two days notice. He's like, yeah, I'll be there. And then he goes and he's like, yeah, I'm just gonna make the team real quick. No problem. Keep the change. Thank you. Um, So good for Jack Perp. Good for him. Happy he made the team. Um, Excited to see what he can do. And then elsewhere, so who's Nadinov is a rush. I bet he, he is on that top line. We'll see if he's center or wing. I, I hope he plays with Mitchkov, that kid, uh, the 2023 eligible kid. Um, Boska, electrifying players. This Matt Faye Mitchkov is going to be a generational player in the NHL. He's insane. He's like eight years old, and he's nasty. Uh, he gets like eight points a game when he goes down to the juniors in Russia. Um, and, you know, he's the youngest player to score a goal for in the KHL, I believe, at 16. So I think Kuznetinov, he had an okay. I don't think he was great last World Juniors. Um, but that Russian team is going to be a lot of fun to watch. There's a lot of guys that can skate. They can move the puck. There's a lot of offensive-minded guys. Um, and I know I saw one line combination of Svechkov, who was drafted by the Predators this year, he's filthy with Husantinov and Mitchkov, and that could be a ton of fun. So that's going to be something to keep your eyes on. And then the other guys, Pavel Novak, he's going to be on that top line for the Czechs. 
He's going to be ripping pucks from literally everywhere. He's going to run, be running guys through the glass. Um, I've told you before, he's been really working on that passing and like, I mean, kind of like playmaking a little bit for Kelowna. And I think he'll be putting that on display. The Czechs are going to be a really fun team to watch. They got a lot of, they got a couple of guys that are draft eligible that look solid. Um, so I think that's going to be a really fun team to watch. And I think Novak's going to be a huge part of that offense. Um, like he was at that four nations tournament. I can't wait to watch him shoot from literally everywhere. It's the best. It's my favorite thing in the world. Like he, the kid just loves, he lives to shoot pucks from the weirdest angles. And now let like, just run guys. And I think he, like with all these kids too, you know, when they throw on their country sweater, they get a little bit more jacked up. So, you know, I'll be on the, I'll be on a Pavel Novak two goal, 10 penalty minute opening night performance. That would be awesome. Maybe not the 10 pims, but could be funny. I don't know. Um, who else? Wallstedt. He's going to be their starter. I would imagine he plays the bulk of minutes for Sweden. This kid's unbelievable. It's one of the best goalies in the SHL as an 18 year old um, playing against men. So now he's going to go to the world juniors and play against junior kids. Sweden's going to be an interesting team. They've been a little bit disappointing lately in terms of those international uh, tournaments, but Wallstead is a fucking stud. Um, just technically sound, fluid skater in the crease. Um, just never panics. You know, like he'll be facing a flurry of like 10 shots in close, and he's like, yeah, no problem. Eat that up. Thank you. Keep the change. Yep. Yep. Got it. Thanks. Um, so I think he's going to be, if Sweden's going to make a run here, they're going to do it on the backs of him and a couple of those forwards that they have. Um, but Wallstedt, I would expect, plays most of those games for Sweden, and I think he's going to have a monster tournament. Um, who else is going to be there? Did I name them all? I think that's it. If I forgot someone, it's not my fault. Um, it's yours for thinking I wasn't going to. All right, let's do this roundup real quick. 35 minutes, we're flying. This is the worst podcast of all time, by the way. I literally have no idea what I've been talking about. I'm so tired, it's insane. My eyeballs are like red, which is good, I think. Um, all right, the roundup. All those kids are at World Junior Camp. Uh, Novak did play in one game. Uh, this week before heading out, they won an overtime. He scored a goal, had an assist, four shots on net, and went seven for 14 at the faceoff dot. He's having a couple just well, – this year he's been awesome. He's just – I'm telling you, like, when that skating's on and he's fully engaged, he is such a dangerous player and so important to Kelowna. And I've told you this before. He's, like, making plays in dirty areas, and he's not just doing – He's not just staying on the perimeter anymore, and he has been working on that passing. He's been becoming more of a playmaker. But not only that, he's laying out for pucks everywhere, whether it's defensively, um, which again, wow, well, that was nasty. Uh, Fiala scored 6-4, power play. Um, but he's just been a beast. So I, I really am excited to see the Czechs play. Uh, in the World Juniors, and Novak's obviously a big part of that. Uh, but yeah, another two-point night for Novak, so he's up to like a million points in 10 games. 
um, just ripping, ripping boxes uh, and just running guys through the glass. So let's go to Cam Loops because they are down bad. So they did move Josh Pillar back up on that first line of the bank here, but that team misses Stankoven so bad. Um, so they played three games this week. Caden Bank here. You know, some games he looks good, and then other games he's just off, and he's just not. But he's not Logan Stankoven, so you kind of have to be careful what you're expecting. But I mean, he's either play when he's like playing angry, um, and he's playing assertive. He's an unreal player, and he looks like a natural center, and he's got the puck all the time, and he's driving the net with the puck on a stick. He's finding back door lane. Like he's doing everything. He's forechecking hard. He's winning pucks. He's battling. Um, he's killing penalties and he's laying out to block shots. But when he's off or like when Cam Loops is off, he's just kind of there and you kind of see him gliding around and hoping the play comes to him. And that's when he's just not as good. So, you know, uh, I thought their first game of the week, they won 3 nothing. I thought he looked really good. He didn't have any points, but he finished with four shots on net. <clears throat> he went 13 for 23 at the faceoff dot. Um, but that was a strong performance from him and Kamloops. Um, I liked how often he was coming to collect pucks from his defenseman in the middle of the ice and leading the breakout. Um and then going up and showing off that playmaking ability, finding backdoor passes that his teammates, for whatever reason, just refused to put in the back of the net. Um, I thought he and Pillar were working really well together. Um, but then the second and third game of this week, he was he got benched for a little bit in that third game. Him and Pillar both were dash four, uh, which was tough. That was a bad game. They lost 7-4. I think it was to Kelowna. Um, but he was just not very good. He had four pims. He took a penalty 10 seconds into the game, just a stupid trip. Um, and it kind of just seemed like he was off from there. So, you know, that game he finishes dash four, two shots on net. And again, he got benched. So he only took four faceoffs. He won three of them. So that was good. Um, but clearly his coach was pretty pissed. And he and Pillar, they rode the pine for a little bit. Um, so, I mean, up and down week for the kid. So he finishes the week, three games, one goal. He's dash six, 11 shots on that, four pims, 23 for 49, the faceoff dot, um, which is about where he's at on the season. So I don't know, man. Like maybe that's why a kid who's a, he's a good enough skater. He has playmaking ability. He's got a good shot. He can score goals, and he's got good size. Normally, a kid like that's a shoe-in to be a top 40, top 50 pick, but maybe that's why, you know, that inconsistency is probably why you find him in the fourth round. So, or third round, whatever they found him. Um, so, I don't know, up and down week. But, again, like, I do like that he's playing through some of his struggles. I like that he's playing center, and I like that he's getting that opportunity with Stanko and making the world juniors team. So he's going to have another two weeks or so of being that first line center and 
if Kamloops is going to survive without Stankoven, they really need him to step up and hopefully he can because he is capable. Like I've seen it and that's what's kind of frustrating when you watch him. It's just like, man, you know it's in there um, and you just want to see him grab the opportunity, but I don't know. I don't know. So 27 games played this season, uh, 11 goals, 11 assists, 22 points, plus two, eight pims. Um, he's like 40% the face off dot. I'm telling you, he just, his face, his, the way he takes a face off is so weird. He's just like straight late. I don't know. Whatever. I, I digress. Um, his boy, Josh pillar. Um, interesting week to say the least. Um, first game scores a goal net three, nothing win. It was a beauty. Absolute cannon. Um, Two pims that game, plus one. Thought he looked pretty good. Um, again, it was a kind of a meat grinder game that Kamloops just battled. Um, he was everywhere. He was on that first power play unit. He's on, you know, the PK. He plays really hard. He doesn't, there's no hits that he just leaves out there. If he has an opportunity to take a run at someone, he's gonna. Um, I love when he's on the forecheck. In I said this last week, though, like, he is clearly a guy that really misses Logan Stankoven because they play similar games and they feed off each other so well. And it's clear that, um, you know, it's just not the same without Stankoven. Um, but, you know, if there's one thing you can't knock him for, that motor is going. I mean, he is high motor every game, all game, every shift, even when he's not playing well, 7-4, fuck. Um, he's moving and he's busting his ass. So, you know, he gets rewarded that game. Uh, now, the second game, uh, whoops, he, there's a play. I tweeted the video. So he finishes the game with four shots on that dash one and 17 penalty minutes. Whoops. Um, they never showed the replay of what actually happened, but it sounds like. So, okay. I forget who they're playing, but they're going down the other way. And Kamloops wins the puck in their own end. And you hear the announcer go, ooh, oh, man, he caught him. So it sounds like the kid, like, bumped into someone away from the puck, and the kid was pretty fucked up on the ground, like, hurting pretty bad, needed help off the ice, all this and that. Puck goes down the other way, and Pillar just goes, yeah, fuck it. And he drops the gloves and just beats the wheels off this kid who had no intention of fighting. And clearly, based on the reactions of the commentator, very much an accident. Uh, but Pillar just wasn't having it. Unfortunately, he gets the instigator. He gets a 10-minute misconduct. I don't remember if it was a second or third period. Um, but, you know, that's a game. At that point, it was 2-2. And then they end up losing 5-2. So you're missing him for 17. Oh, no, it was at the end of the second period. So he missed like half of the third period, too. So that really hurt them. Um, but at the same time, like... You know, I'll take the penalty, I guess. But like 17 minutes is a long time for your top line winger and one of your leading goal scorers to be off the ice uh, just for beating the wheels off a kid. Uh, but hey, this is what he does, right? I told you, he's a super competitor. Um, the motor's always going and he's just looking for it every shift. Uh, and third game, he was really bad. Uh, five shots on net at least, but dash four. Him and Bank here with dash four. Never good. Um, so three games for him. 13 shots on net, dash four, 19 penalty minutes, and a goal. So through 27 games, he's got 
11 goals, 20 assists with 31 points. Pretty good. Um, 28 penalty minutes, and he's a plus six. So, again, I think, you know, he's a guy that stands out pretty much every time you when you watch him. And he's a fun kid to watch. And there's a lot to like there. So he's producing at a really good clip. Um, so he's an exciting. We'll see what happens with him. He's he's old. He's going to have to be. I think this is the last year in juniors. I think he's 20. So um, he might be 19. I can't remember. Yeah, because he's he's an overage by one year. So I think he's 19. Um, so we'll see if he stays in Kamloops or he goes to Iowa. I can't remember how it works. Um. I don't think I wrote down Kyle Masters. He looked really good. Um, I can't remember if that goal he scored. <sighs> did we talk about that one last week? Because he did score. Let me just look it up real quick. I can't wait. I forgot to write it down. He was awesome this week, though. He was buzzing. Um, just flying up the ice with the puck on his tape. He was shooting the puck. It was amazing. I loved it. I had fun. We all had fun. Everyone liked that. Sorry, I'm like, I'm just filibustering right now. Um... No. Okay, so that was that was this week. Um, so why is this playing? There's volume going on right now? Okay, thank you. Okay, Kyle Masters. So, let's just go to his page. Uh, anyways, one of the games he scored, and he picks the puck up along the wall. And I've told you, he doesn't move laterally. He never does. He's always just going to either dump it in, send a hopeful shot through. Um, not always the right play or necessarily a dynamic play by any means, but... This time, so this, yeah, so that was the game. He had a goal and four shots on net. And he was plus one. The goal, so he picks the puck up at the wall. He starts doing crossovers to the middle of the ice. And I was like, oh, my God, what's he doing? Oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And then he goes back the other way. And then again. So he's got the puck. And this kid who is defending him is like, what is going on? Clearly. And then he makes his way back over the wall and sh- sends an off-balance shot off his back foot, and it just goes top corner. The goalie never saw it, never thought he was going to shoot. Um, but it was so great to see him actually move laterally, laterally and show some mobility along the blue line. And I told you, when he's confident and he's feeling it, he's an incredible hockey player with first-round draft pick talent and tools. It's just whether or not he's going to use it on a consistent basis, which, again, that's why you find him in the fourth round. But this is a kid to me, I've said this before, this is a project type draft pick that if he hits, you are getting an absolute steal in the fourth round. And when he is feeling it like this, he's shooting the puck. He's confident with the puck on his tape. He's not just dumping it in when he gets to the blue line. He's looking for sticks. He's looking for lanes. Um, I'm telling you, he's capable of moving laterally and being a little bit more mobile. And he was doing that every game this week. And along with that, he can be mean as hell defensively. And he was throwing some big boy hits all week long. And a lot of that comes from when he's being confident. So really, really, really good week from him. That was his only point that week or this week. But at the same time, he was everywhere. Um being given 
looks on the power play, which has become increasingly rare for the kid. So that was good to see. Um, but yeah, so he finishes the week with a goal, uh, seven shots on net, two pims, and a plus three rating. Um, but I just thought he was fantastic. Some of the passes he makes in the neutral zone, um, leading that transition, it's just like, how do you even see that? I told you before, it's like, it's not that first pass you see, um, but it's a it's a pass that enables the guy receiving that pass to make another play, right? So it's like making two plays with one pass, and that's just what he did all week long. He was a stud. He was solid. Um, when he's feeling it, he's just a fun player to watch. <clears throat> I love watching that kid just buzz up the ice with the puck on his stick. So 31 games, two goals, five assists for seven points, which, you know, whatever. Um, plus 18, 21 pims, and 53 shots on net. So good week for him. He's, in, he's having an interesting season. Obviously, the production isn't exactly where we'd all want it to be or expect it to be. But again, part of that's playing for that Red Deer team, not really getting a lot of offensive looks. Um, and kind of his role on that team is just to kind of, I don't want to say do the dirty work, but kind of do the dirty work and the unheralded stuff that the other defensemen and other guys probably really don't want to do. But I really like this kid. Um, I've got high hopes for him. He's not ready to come to Iowa or anything like that. He's a project player. Give him a few years in juniors. Let him marinate. Let him work on a couple things. As he gets older there, you know, maybe next year he's a kid that gets more looks up front um, and works on his game that way. But I think this is a kid that people should remember in a few years down the line. Um, just a project type draft pick who quietly is just a really solid hockey player um, and kind of that prototypical kid that, and he's a right shot. So that's, I mean, anytime you can get a right shot to you, you, you we like that. Um, so anyways, good for him. Good, good week for him. Excited to see what do they have this week? I don't know how many games they're playing. Cause they're not shut down. Let's go to Europe. Simon Johansson continues to be a absolute stud for Ilvesh. Um, his normal partner is Leo Luf, as I've said fucking every episode. Uh, he's with Sweden at the World Juniors, so I forget who he's playing with, but he scored a goal um, in the first game in 17 minutes of ice time, two shots on net in their 3-1 win. And in the second game, he plays 18 minutes. He was everywhere. Um I haven't been able to see as much of him now that I, you know, have this stupid ass job, by the way, working overrated. Don't recommend it. Money comes and goes, but what vibes are forever. I don't know, whatever. Um, but I did sneak away for a little bit, whoops, on a break and watch some of his games or some of his shifts. Um, he just looks really good. He looks just, he looks like he knows he belongs now, right? Like, you know, he's a good, he's a kid with good side, right shot D again. So you'll take that all day. But offensively, this kid, man, like this is the first year I've seen him kind of pop a little bit um, and play with a little jam and play assertive from the back end, like, you know, doing the beaver tail slap of the stick, like, give me that puck. He's got a really good shot. Um, he's a good skater. He's smart. He's a good passer. He, I love when he's finding lanes back door from the blue line. He's got a couple assists like that this year. Um, and the production's there. So he's been really solid for them. He's averaging like 17 minutes, 18 minutes a night. 
Uh, so through 30 games now, two goals, ten assists, 12 points, plus five. Um, he just continues to be solid for them. So another kid, who knows what happens? His contract's up. I'm not going to say they're going to sign him um, because i got to stop doing that because I don't know anything. Again, don't even listen to me. Like, just don't listen to anything I say. Um, but anyways, those two games, he looked really good, and he continues to look good. Uh, Philip Johansson, I think he might have had a Champions League game, and I think they all lost. Um, I don't think he played very well, but you know, he probably signed that deal, went out the night before, got buckled. Uh, yep, yeah, so he signed that two year deal, and we already talked about that, but no games in um, for Fralunda this week. I but I do think they had that Champions League game that they I think they lost 2 1 to Lexans. Um, who's a Dinoff? He's that Russian camp has been like a month and a half long, so he's been there. Yeah, so he didn't play in any games. And then elsewhere in Russia, Guskov is back in the KHL, which is surprising because I think he played seven games of the VHL, which, again, that's their version of the AHL. I think he had one point, and he really hasn't... I mean, he's at least playing first or second-line center when he's playing down there, so that's not like a problem. And there are a few games where he's playing like 20 minutes, and he looks okay. But I was surprised that he worked his way back up into that Siska squad. Uh, so I think they played today, and he played like eight minutes, and he was just kind of there. Uh, Svetlakov, they played one game this week, today. Um, it's fascinating, dude. Like, he's playing fourth. He's technically on the fourth line, but then he'll play 19 minutes. Um, kind of a jack-of-all-trades for them, even though he's not producing. Um, plays hard. He's, a, he's fucking huge. Loves to hammer guys. Not afraid to block a shot. Kills penalties. He's got some sneaky skills. He's kind of like, um, you know, I've talked about like Jack McBain. He's good in tight areas. He's good at protecting that puck. He's good along the wall and making passes in tight. And he does have some sneaky good hands. Um, but yeah, no points for him today, but 1830. Tybo Nice is a fourth line center, and then you get two pims. So that's that for those guys. I actually think that's it for the round. Oh, that's not true. Sorry. College guys didn't play. It's the Christmas break. Um, I don't think they're back till January. And then Nate Benoit played in two games. I actually watched him for a little bit. Um, never going to be a guy that's going to put up a ton of points. At least I don't think so anyways. We'll see what happens next year when he goes to North Dakota. And they lose guys like Clevin and Sanderson. Um but he's kind of just out there, it seems like, for Tri-City. Again, they're nasty. They're a loaded team. He's kind of just out there being a mutant. Um, doesn't get any look of the power play. He does have some sneaky hands. He's got a decent shot. I told you that goalie score this year was insane. Um, but he's kind of just out there, like, killing penalties and then, like, running people through the wall. Um, he kills guys. He's kind of funny to watch that way, but... I don't know. He's another interesting one. Um, I don't really know what to make of him yet, but in his limited time that he gets on that Tri-City team, like he's he's never, um, you know, you're not really worried about him. He's just kind of out there doing his thing. No, not like not flashy whatsoever. Like the flashy thing he does is kill guys. Um, but then again, like, no, he does have like that goal. He scored. He went end to end and he danced a couple guys and put, put the puck through a kid's legs and went cheese on the backhand. So I don't know. Maybe they maybe they should give him a look, you know? But I don't know. It's kind of fun to watch, though. Like, especially when he's just like angry and he's running around. 
He's taken some people's heads off this year too. Whoops. Um, but yeah, he'll be at North Dakota next season. Um, I don't know if Tri-City plays this week, but I think if they do, I'm going to try to spend some time watching them. Um, so that's the roundup. Like I said, college guys didn't play. Uh, so this week, we got World Juniors. The preliminary, or at least the warm-up games, I think, start the 23rd. The USA plays Finland. I think Sweden might play Canada. I can't remember. Um, but that's coming up, so that'll be fun to watch. Um, the World Juniors is just so fun. Like, they're some of the best players in the world. They're all tiny and fast. And they all play angry, and they all have a little bit of pride when they have their country's crest on. So, you know, the World Juniors is one of my – it might be my favorite tournament to watch, especially as a prospect guy, and there's some draft eligibles that I think people should have their eyes on. A couple guys um, – oh, if you want a sleeper team or a team to root for, that's not USA, pick Slovakia. They've got a couple of little draft eligibles who are unbelievable. Simon Nemitz, a right shot D, offensive defenseman. Fine defensively, solid defensively. Um, super high IQ, super high IQ. Um, and he, my God, can he skate? Um, so he's going to be logging a ton of minutes for Slovakia. He might be their best player, probably is their best player. Um, they also have this kid, Dalibor Dvorsky who is another 2023 eligible and he is lighting up the Swedish J20 league, like record setting pace for a 16 year old kid. He is unbelievable. So he'll be there for them. You got Philip Meshar. Um, who's on, he's going to, he should be a high pick this year. My God, can he shoot a puck? Um, and they also have a this kid, Yuri Slavkovsky, who is like 6'7". Another kid, he's probably going to be a top 10 pick. Uh, he can pass, boy. He can, like, he. there's nothing he loves more than chucking backhand sauce. Like, tape to tape. UFOs. And he's nasty. So that's another kid to watch. So I think people should have their eyes all over Slovakia. Um, so that's a team to look for. Let's do the questions real quick. Um, only got a couple. Um, let me bring up. I forgot to write down your name. I'm sorry. Oh, Fiala with 14 exclamation points at MN Hockey Fan 336. Do any of the wild prospects project as NHL all stars? Yep, Boldy and Rossi for sure. Um, when they finally make it full, those are two guys that Minnesota should try to be keeping forever. Um, and there are a couple guys that look like players that are going to play a very long time in this league and be some of the best players in the league. Um, Marco Rossi does literally everything. If you want to try to criticize any part of his game, it's like literally, I don't know, he's, he's five foot ten. Um, and if you want to like try to criticize his skating, I guess that's it. And his skating's fine. Like it's good. Um, but there's not a really a whole lot of things that he doesn't do well. And Matt Boldy is, I mean, everyone knows he could shoot, he could pass. Um, his skating's got so much better, um, to the point where it's not going to hold him back in the league at all, which was a concern at one point. Um, but if he stays healthy, he's a kid that's going to have a very long NHL career defensively a stud. Um, and he's going to put up a lot of points. Um, 
if Adam Beckman hits, maybe. You know, he's a guy, if he hits, he can, the way he shoots a puck, there's no reason that he can't hit 30, flirt with 40 goals a year. I mean, that's aggressive and probably not all that realistic, but the way he plays and how he's progressed since being drafted, he's got a shot. Um, and then I would definitely say yes for Wallstedt. He looks like a kid that's going to be one of the best goalies in the league for a long time from an early age. Um, so I think those three, Beckman's a maybe. Other than that, there are other guys that have a shot. You know, like is Kalen Addison maybe? Carson Lambos maybe? Um, it's not like impossible, but I don't know how likely it is. But I mean, the, the, this prospect pool is it's uh it's one of the best in the league, and it's a lot. They're a lot of fun to watch. Every single one of them. Uh, Dave Curtis at Cave Dirtis. Nice. Uh, have you ever been to or watched the Minnesota High School Hockey Tournament? Oh, High School State Hockey Tournament. I've watched it. I haven't been. It's on my bucket list. I need to go. There's nothing I enjoy more than getting to a rink and just sitting down and watching like four straight games. And that tournament is incredible. It's so fun to watch that when they, especially when they, it's like the X is sold out and it's bumping and it's high school hockey. It's just incredible. So I need to go. Last question from my guy, Seth Tupal. Locked on wild. Seth Tupal, whatever. However you say it, dude. Sorry. I haven't slept in a, in two years. At Seth Tupes, locked on wild. Okay, this is a hard one. Rank your current top 10 wild prospects. And then at NHL Foley, Gabe Foley. If you don't follow Gabe Foley, follow Gabe Foley. Uh, and I will do hours later this week. This was not easy. Um the top was easy, but I didn't feel good about leaving out some of the guys I left out. And starting with honorable mentions, that if you wanted to put them in the 10 spot, I'd be like, yep, do that. So for honorable mentions, I've got Kyle Masters and Connor Dewar, two guys who I believe in. Connor Dewar, I think, will be here next year. Um, the only reason I don't put him higher is just because I don't know what his true ceiling really is, but he just looks like a kid that's going to be a solid NHL player um, in a bottom six center role and just be super reliable. Kyle Masters, I told you, he's a project. If he hits, he's going to be awesome. Um, let's see. Was he the only one that was um, Marvel mentioned? Yeah, and then you could say something about like McBain and Novak. Um so 10, I have Jack Pert. I talked about him. He just, he's kind of built for a modern day game. He's a really good puck moving D's. Oh, he's defensively is good. Um, but just facilitating play from that back end by moving the puck, being super smart. That's a kid that thinks, thinks three plays ahead. Uh, number nine, I've got Damon Hunt. If he stays healthy, he is an NHL player not far from now. Uh, he and Denton Matejuk, for me, it's the most exciting defensive pair to watch in the WHL. Um, there's a ton of offense in both of them. Uh, they play hard. They hit. They're punishing defensively, and they move the puck, and they're both very good skaters. Number eight, I've got Carson Lambos. And people might be surprised that I have him. You might consider eight low, but you got to remember this is a stack pool. Um, the only reason I say have, that he's not higher is because he's young. So he's got to stay healthy. Um, 
and really just keep doing what he's been doing. He's been solid. He's been really good for Winnipeg, obviously. He made that World Juniors team over guys like Brant Clark. Um, but I, at this point, I just had to put him at eight just because there are other guys ahead of him that have done things in pro leagues. So he's, I think I said before, he hit the other all-star question. He's got a shot. If he can hit his ceiling, um, he's just, he's a ton of fun to watch. My God, can he move his feet and can he walk a blue line? So, you know, you're looking at another kid that's solid defensively. He's punted. He's another kid. He plays hard. He hits you. He's not fun to try to like, if you're going to go try to be net front, he's not fun to have that right there on you. Uh, he's got a bomb of a shot. He's a pretty good passer. And he is extremely mobile and he's very smart. Number seven, Ryan O'Rourke. And I put Ryan O'Rourke here because he has a year of AHL experience under his belt and he more than fit in. I was wondering if they would keep him in the AHL this season. I think they made the right call, sending him back to juniors and letting him play like 20, 25, sometimes 30 minutes a night. Um, one of the better defensemen in that class defensive defenseman um so poised he plays like a pro because i mean he has played literally pro in the ahl and he again like i said he fit in um and i just think he's a really smart player so i think when you watch him you're like yep that's a pro hockey player right there like i said he plays hard he's gonna finish every single hit um and he's just always making the right play Right. So he's not going to force anything. He's not going to try to be something he's not. He knows who he is as a player. He knows his strengths. Um, he knows he's not Carson Lambos walking the blue line on that power play. Uh, but he fires really good first pass. Um, and, you know, I think he's just a solid player. He can play on his offside. Um, but yeah, he just plays like a pro. Number six, I've got who's Nadinov in that. I think that's a fair place to have him. He's playing pro with Ska. Fits in um, as a super young player over there. Um, capable of playing upwards 15 to 18 minutes as a 19-year-old coming off that shoulder surgery last year. Um, and he's given those minutes he produces. And that's not hard. Or not hard. That's not easy to do for such a young kid. Um, whether he's a center or he ends up at wing, I think that versatility only increases his stock. Like I said, he's an extremely good skater, um, almost flawless skating. And I think if he can work on getting to the middle of the ice a little bit more in those dirty areas and he can work on his game like that, I think there's more offense in there than he's already shown. Um, but either way, I think his floor is like a Nico Stern. That would be like his floor, like absolute floor. Because I, I think he's a stud. I think he's a player. And I think there is offense in there that he can find. Number five, I've got Adam Beckman. I mean, we saw, right? I mean, not a lot of guys that shoot a puck like he does. Um, I think he's a natural-born leader. You know, you heard the stories about him in the locker room during preseason in Minnesota. Like, he's just one of the guys already. Um, and I think he's come leaps and bounds from his draft year. He's not just a scorer. Um but, you know, if if he's going to be a 
top six player in the NHL. He does need to continue to work on just not being that one-dimensional power play shooter or perimeter shooter, which he's now... And the reason I put him so high is he's not just scoring you know, slap shot bombs from the outside. He's not just doing the OV, like waiting in his office. <clears throat> he's scoring in different ways. Um, his passing's come a long way. He's, I'm not going to say he's a playmaker per se, but, um, you know, you watch some of his assists this season and he's, he can pass the puck. Um, so I've got him at five. Number four, Kalen Addison. Again, um, if he can get better defensively, I think you're looking at an absolute stud. He can quarterback a power play already. He's solid. He's got a cannon. He's got an edge to him, too, when he decides to use it. I mean, I think we've seen him. Again, he's been better in the NHL than he has been in the AHL. I think his defensive game in the AHL has been not awesome. I would say it's been serviceable. But, you know, he's been making a couple plays when he's been up with Minnesota that he's, like, tossing guys around. I'm like, why aren't you doing that all the time? Because you can't. He's capable. He can do that. Um, but I think this is a kid that's got a long NHL career ahead of him. Um, I think he's got a good head on his shoulders. Like I said, offensively, he's very good. He can move the puck. He can absolutely hammer it. Um, power play weapon. Um, and I think he can play with an edge, and I love that. Now, top three you can put in any order. I just did this order. Um, probably a little recency bias, but three I put Matt Boldy. I don't know if that's going to make people mad. Um, but again, you could put any of these three in any order. Matt Boldy, we all know. We all know Matt Boldy. Defensive. The puck is glued to a stick. Some of the plays he makes defensively were just like reaching out with a stick and grabbing it, and then not only that, but pulling it in and then finding a pass and keeping possession or just throwing a back door or you know, whatever, go on shelf. Um, he can score from distance, which is not an easy thing to do. So we love that. He's a kid that's an absolute stud. And if he can stay healthy, he's going to have a long NHL all-star type career. Number two, Jesper Wallstedt. What can you say? He's one of the best goalies in a pro league and he's 18 years old. Um, he's somehow only getting better. And I think there's only a few things he's got to work on before he's going to be ready to play North American pro. So, and then number one, I've got Marco Rossi pretty much because there's just no, no real glaring flaws in his game. I mean, this kid literally, I'm not trying to laugh, but like he almost died last year and he comes over and he's just been a stud. He's picking up right where he left off. Um, You know, he, Again, if you want to find flaws, it would be he's not six feet tall. And if you want to try to pick on his skating, okay. But, like, his skating's good. So he just he's a jack of all trades and, like, a like master of all trades. Such a smart hockey player. When he's on the ice, he has the puck. Um, and when he doesn't, he's in an area where he's going to find it. So I think this is a future number one center. Um I think he's ready. He could play in the NHL right now. They don't need him. So give him that full year in the A. Let him marinate. Let him play a year of pro. And then you've got a top six center next season. So that's my top 10. And I think that's going to do it. So thank you again for tuning in. I'm sorry if it was bad. Um, I still went over an hour. That's unbelievable, dude. Um, all right. So I'm going to go to sleep now. Uh, World Juniors, it's going to be a ton of fun. 
NHL shutting down. Stay safe. Don't get COVID. And uh, I'll see you next week.